The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good day, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed, to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution, not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, The Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsOfLibertyRadio.com and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of the radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio, head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com and there's two videos at the top of the page. The one on the left side is Bradley's show from yesterday, so if you missed that and you'd like to catch it, you can do so up until 3 o'clock Eastern, at which time he'll be live in that area. On the right side of the page is where we're at. Click on the play button, blow it up on whatever device you got. Look for the Rumble icon, bottom right-hand corner. If you click on that, you can join us in the chat on Rumble. A lot of friends over there this morning, so good morning. Good to see you guys. And while you're over there, please subscribe to the channel. It's Sons of Liberty Radio Live. Sons of Liberty Radio Live. You can find us there. And then we're also on BeforeIt'sNews.com top of the page over there. And we appreciate Michael Roach and his team giving us a spot on their platform. Back over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, right up under where we're streaming live is where you can sign up for our email newsletter. Um, that'll get you all of the articles we have for uh, the day at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, including the morning show archive. You guys can see this is yesterday's archive is the top one right there. Um, so that's got all of your video. That's got all your documents, articles, whatever we referenced, all that goes in there. And the same thing will be true today. Uh, in fact, you know, I told you that we're going to be talking about some important tools that we can use to set some minds at ease about especially taking care of families and stuff like this if you're actually doing the deeds right if you're actually going against trying to hold the corrupt accountable then what you want to do is you want to give them nothing they can latch on to uh, even as the Lord Jesus said, he didn't have a place to lay his head. You know, the birds of the air have nests, the foxes have hole, but the Son of Man doesn't even have a place to lay his head. He didn't call in. Everything was his. <laughs> he made it all. Uh, but yet he didn't call anything while he was in his earthly ministry his. He didn't have anything. Uh, except the clothes that were basically on his back, and he was dependent upon the Father for that, um, for everything else. So, with that said, um, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Now, we've had another guy on, uh, Roger Sales, and I think we had him on for two or three shows about different aspects of U.S. National and some other things like that. 
Roger was going through the State Department fully, and it was a government thing. And any of you guys who have been following Dave Jose, we've, we've had Dave on several times. I'm wanting to bring him back. Some people ask, when you got to have Dave back? Because he's a very interesting, always going to the constitutions. What is written? What is written? What is written? And um, <clears throat> Dave, you know, gives advice on uh, PMAs. And so uh, this is all tied in with this so that we don't have to use, quote unquote, government uh, in these kinds of things. So it helped me do that. And I hope to educate us all and to give us some useful tools. Not that we consume it upon ourselves, but we have a job to do. And I thought when we were talking, I said, this is a great ease of mind for a lot of men because they have families and they want to ensure that those families are taken care of and that, you know, if they're doing something, if their their intents are good, and that is to bring justice, that they're not you know, the ones who are attacked in such a manner that their families are the ones who have to suffer for it. The men can take it. It's most of the time when you mess with their families, there's a problem. So to help me do that is my new friend, Mike Bambus. And uh, he's straight out of Michigan, got up early this morning and is joining us uh, from there. So Mike, good morning, man. Good, welcome to the Sons of Liberty. Good morning, Tim. How you doing? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing great. And I, I got to tell you, <clears throat> when when we had that, that little encounter uh, on Friday night, that was to me that was just as exciting as what i was hearing from bradley because i see those things going hand in hand you're 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 a guy who knows this firsthand and if you want take about five minutes or so or three or whatever just kind of introduce yourself to the audience things you've been involved in in the state of michigan uh threats on your life from the state police and stuff just because you wanted to deal with the corrupt governor there give people a little bit of flavor about who mike bambus is well, I've been on Bradley's show a couple of times, and I've talked about this. Um, basically, born and raised in on the soil of Michigan. <clears throat> and uh, back when uh, COVID hit, and being a business owner, um, I was not about to shut down, and I didn't. So um, everybody was getting uh, bullied into the rules and regulations uh, by the governor, our governor Nitwit is who I refer to her as. Uh, she's a communist, and uh, I wasn't about to play this game. So um, I saw what was happening with a lot of dis- different businesses and the threats, and I thought, man, it's something, something's wrong here. So when she started putting people into the nursing homes, and I saw what was going on there, and people were dying because of her actions, um, I decided to, to do something. I issued and drafted uh, arrest complaints for uh, the governor and the AG. I submitted them to the uh, Michigan State Police. They reviewed them, and they contacted me and said, yeah, okay, yeah, we've reviewed it. You're absolutely right. Uh, You're within your means, and what do you want to do? And I said, okay, um, if you see what I'm saying is right, go arrest her. And they're like, no, we're not going to do that. And I said, okay, fine. You know what? I'll, I'll 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 let you off the hook. I'll do it. And they're like, "What do you mean?" I said, "Well, according to you know, state law, MCL seven six four point one six, a felony being uh, committed within my presence, I have the right to institute a citizen's arrest." And the lieutenant said, "Yes, you are correct. How do you want to proceed?" And so I said, <laughs> "Well, how about if we go to one of our news conferences?" At the end of the conference, <clears throat> I would like to have one or two of your officers accompany me. I will be unarmed, and I will 
you know, verbally placed her under arrest and turned custody over to you. He said, no problem. You have every right to do so. He goes, however, I have to inform you. If you do that, we're going to shoot you. Not the answer I was looking for. Oh, wait, 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 wait. You have a right to do it, but we're going to stop you from exercising your right by killing you. I mean, that's basically Correct. what he's telling you. Yeah. This is crazy. So I'm like, well, um, so now what do I do? I can't go to the AG because I got a arrest warrant for her. And so I contacted some of my local uh, uh, representatives. Uh, the response I received there was not our jurisdiction. Long story short, I ended up contacting the DOJ and explained to them what was going on. Next thing I know, I get a call from the FBI and basically telling me to back off or else. And I'm like, oh, okay, so we need to change strategies. So it took me a while to figure out something and all this stuff about the tickets and, and, and shutting down a business. I thought, okay, let's, let's, let's use that as a means in a, in a way in. So um, I end up getting a uh, $500 ticket for refusal to wear a mask. Now, there's a little story behind that. Um, I didn't conduct my business to get the ticket. I went to them and asked them for the ticket. And it took me several uh, attempts to try and get that. I went to the uh, county sheriff's department. Uh, different counties, and nobody would give me a ticket. They're like, why do you want a ticket? I said, what, what difference does it make? Give me a ticket. I'm not wearing a mask. Give me a ticket. And uh, finally, I went to the Michigan State Police, uh, the Brighton Post, and asked for the ticket. And he's like, well, um, why? I said, well, I'm in, your I'm in your post, not wearing a mask. Give me a ticket. And they actually tried to talk me out of it. And I said, I'm not backing down. Give me a ticket. And so they finally wrote me a ticket, went to court. And one of the things I did was I said, okay, so if the governor is instituting these rules and guidelines, then she's on the hook for it. So I did a series of interrogatories and I uh, filed a motion for depositions. I wanted her to brought, be brought in for deposition along with the AG and our state medical expert at the time. I can't remember her name. And so I get another motion hearing from their side. Um, okay, fine. They're, they're trying to stop it. I expected that. We get to court or I get to court. I don't even make it in the courtroom. And the bailiffs are running out of the courtroom. Here, here, here you know, take this. And I'm like, what is this? It's a court order. Case dismissed. Nice. The case dismissed. <laughs> I don't want the case dismissed. I want the depositions. Nope, not going to happen. Case dismissed. Get out of the courthouse. And they escorted me out of the courthouse. And there's where I thought, wow, we, we've hit a nerve. So my approach then was, okay, give me whatever tickets you want for anything you want. I'm going to depose you and expose you. And they don't want to touch that. They don't want depositions done. They don't want to be put on the record. They went so far as to say that the governor is not head of the state of Michigan. Now, the state of Michigan, like all states, are corporate bodies. They have an EIN number. So as a corporate body, she's the CEO. And they're like, no, 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 she's, she's not ahead of the state of Michigan. I said, well, then who is? They will not answer that question. 
So this kind of led me right. to let me, let me ask uh, you a question. Can I ask you a question about sure. that? And I know we're we're going to get on to the U.S. National Trust. And if we have to go over, I told Mike we can do that. If if they won't answer that, are they scared to answer that, or is there a liability in answering that, or or does it get something out to the people the people are unaware of, such as the corporate status of the state? That it's it's the exposing the fraud that they have placed on the American people. Under the Michigan Constitution, 1963, Article 7, Section 1, all counties are a corporate body. Um, they're all operating under EIN or uh, Dun and Bradstreet numbers. And Mike, as such, I'm I'm sorry. I, I want I, I I'm not going to interrupt you anymore. But I, can, I want okay. you to help people understand because people think that their government is in place to enforce the law. But it sounds like what you're saying is when they take on this corporate status, the whole point of being a corporation is to make money. Am I missing something here? Is that, in fact, what we're dealing with? Because I think people have to have that in their mind for what we're going to be talking about here in this hour. Yeah, that's exactly what's happening. We don't have a government. We have a series of corporations. And it's uh, uh, corporations within corporations. Uh, under the Act of 1871, when the United States incorporated and founded Washington, D.C. as their uh, place of business, after that, everything just kind of like uh, mushroomed out from there. And we've gone so far as to, uh, and, and, uh, to find the uh, Dun & Bradstreet numbers for every uh, state representative that they're operating under. So they're operating businesses from their public offices for personal gain. Pure fascism, and they use they use a lot of uh, uh, nonprofit organizations. They set up all these nonprofit organizations, and that's how they're running it. We don't have representation. We don't have a government. We have corporations running everything, right down to the person you're uh, thinking that you're electing as your representative. They're operating as a business, and that's why when you see some of these, you know, some of these politicians, they go into office. They don't have two nickels to rub together, but they come back out of office multi-millionaires because they're playing shenanigans that's the the, you know the the you know uh hide the pee and and um move things around and shuffle things around so that nobody sees or knows what's going on so my approach then was okay i want to do whatever i can to expose them and i started contacting other people from outside the uh state of michigan seeing what they were doing and, you know, there's different ones, different groups that, you know, talk about, well, you need to change your status. You need to do this and, you know, file this paperwork with the state and everything else. Now, I've always lived by certain philosophies of life. And one of which is to simplify the problem and the answer shall reveal itself. And so I'm looking at all these different ways of doing stuff. Some of them I've done. Uh, I don't know if they've done any good. Some of them have. I've actually tried them in court and they've worked. So basically what I've been doing is listening, gaining, gaining whatever uh, knowledge I can from all these different ones that have tried and researched their different things. But what I found was that what works in California doesn't work in Michigan. What works in Michigan doesn't work in Florida. And to me, that's useless. We need something universal that works across the board. Doesn't matter what state you're in. Doesn't matter what jurisdiction you're in. It'll work. Amen. And that's what I've been uh, pushing uh, uh, to acquire so that anybody who needs help with something, here's the answer. Here's the step by step to do. And I don't care where you are. It's going to work. 
Now, one of the things we're looking at strongly right now is pushing the courts into equity. And by pushing the courts into equity, uh, it changes the whole dynamics. Code and statutes don't exist in a court of equity. It's a whole different ballgame. As a matter of fact, the prosecutors can't even be heard by the judge in a court of equity. So this is something that we're now pushing and something that we're now uh, uh, putting into effect. Um, I just helped a guy who uh, received several citations, and we moved the judge into equity, case dismissed. Um, I've helped a few other people, uh, not only in Michigan, but in other states, do the same thing. So we're getting results. We're getting uh, um, positive results, and that's what's important. Now, one of the other things, I, I talk to a lot of different groups all over, this, all over the state of Michigan, and one of the common denominators that I hear from everybody is we're frustrated, we're mad, we want to do something, but they don't know what to do or how to do it. And so my approach is to try and put and streamline a system that everybody can understand and that everybody can apply. But the very first thing that everybody needs to do if you're going to go down this road is to protect your six. Now, what I mean by that is you need to protect yourself, your family, and your assets. Now, I've been uh, owning and operating businesses virtually my entire adult life. And one of the things I did in 1993 was I restructured the corporate body that I had against the advice of my CPA and uh, attorney at the time. And that was in 93. In 1998-99, the state of Michigan tried to pierce our corporate veil. They lost. So it was at that time that my CPA and attorney, my attorney's like, oh, wow, yeah, you, you got things way ahead of schedule and you know, you're way ahead of times. And I said, yeah, you're fired. So since then, um, I the state of Michigan has not been able to pierce my corporate veil. In 2019, there was another case that came up. Livingston County, um, the judge there, that all the judges are corrupt. And I'll, go, I'll come to back to the judges. And um, the judge ruled against me, uh, tried to garnish me personally. And because of the way I have everything structured, the way I have everything put together, three times we've gone to court on this. They even went after my bank, trying to get the bank to remove funds from uh, uh, business accounts to cover my personal garnishment. And they lost all three times because they cannot pierce what I put together. And so what I did was I took that as the model and I reviewed over a hundred different trusts. And I used that along with what I've learned as far as verbiage and, and whatnot. And I combined them to create uh, a series of trusts. And my advice is, ghost everything, meaning put everything into a series of trust, put your house in one trust, your car in another trust, your guns in another trust. And I've got 20 different trusts. So everything is in trust. I own nothing. And because I own nothing, there's nothing for them to leverage. There's nothing for them to go after. Okay. And let's, yeah. let's clarify for people what, what you mean by that. You say there's nothing to go after and, and the people are going to go, okay, well, if you own nothing, then how are you living in your house? How are you? You're the controller of that. You're the executor of those trusts, if you will. 
And so you get to use them without saying they're actually mine. They're part of my trust. Is it right? I, I want people to understand right. you still control those things. It's just not in your name. So if somebody comes after you, basically they're coming after you. They're not coming after anything that you have because you don't technically own anything. Correct. Um, the trust owns it, not you personally. Now, when the state, the, the government comes after you, you have to pay attention to what they're actually coming after. What they're coming after is the all caps name. That's right. Not you as a man or a woman. And there's nothing else, no other uh, uh, creations by God. I've yet to see where archaeologists have dug up a, uh, the remains of anything that has both sexes in, in one body. Haven't seen it. Uh, so that means there's only a man or a woman, which means we are of the living, not of the dead. And if you notice, tombstones, everybody's name is in all capital letters. Your driver's license, all capital letters. Your insurance policies, all capital letters. They're talking and referencing the dead. It's an artificial entity. So as being part of the living, they cannot contract with us. They can only contract with like entities. The U.S. Supreme Court has ruled on this. So they know this, but they use trickery to get you to consent to being that all caps artificial entity. And once they get you your consent, you're, 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 you're hooked in, you're, you're drawn into their system. So, Mike, so let you me, have to separate yourself from that. Okay, let me let me bring scripture into this because I think you and I talked a little bit about this on Friday because we were talking about these things. Corporations, it starts with corpse. I mean, it's a dead entity. It doesn't live. It doesn't breathe. It is fictitious, and that's why when you get in a court of equity, you can't have any fictitious entities in there, um, and those kinds of things. And I even called out the. Um, the attorney who's bringing the case on me the other year over that, I said, does he, is he registered with the state because he's conducting business here? And there's a whole different thing there for me. But anyway, the, the point is, as I see some things in scripture and I, I pointed this out to you before, you know, when Eve said she was beguiled by the, by the serpent. Well, when you go and you start looking at that, yeah, there's this idea of seduction, but then the root word of that is to become a debtor. And Adam and Eve were creditors. I mean, if, if you want to t- use that kind of language, they had to, they were to take dominion of their thing. They were given everything. But when they submitted themselves and they went into the fall and they, they bought the lie that the, the, the devil was putting out before them, they became debtors. And we see that all throughout Scripture. We see Jacob sold his birthright for—he sold it for a bowl of soup. And we see that the wages of sin is death. There's a payment there for what we're doing. And we're seeing that Jesus paid a debt or he paid a ransom for us. And so you see all this kind of, I don't know, monetary kind of language used to speak of the spiritual. But boy, when I started looking into some of this stuff, I see how the spiritual has manifest itself. And, you know, there's that old saying that says king, the, the money of kings is gold. The money of gentlemen is silver, the money of peasants is barter, and the money of, de- of slaves is debt. And that's really where we're at. And most people don't don't realize that. They think it's real money what they have, those little pieces of Monopoly paper that they have in their wallets. They think that's real money, but it's really debt. And, it's, and all of the credit that these banks tell them that they're giving the people is actually the people's anyway. It's not the banks. The banks don't really have anything either. Correct. Yeah. Uh, federal law prohibits banks from loaning money. They can only borrow money so that when you make a deposit, you're loaning them money. That's why they have to pay interest. We're supposed to pay interest. 
Um, yeah, the all the all yeah the 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 IMF created the trust. Uh, it's connected to the birth certificate, your social security number, and that's why when you go to buy a house, buy a car, whatever, your credit cards, you're borrowing your own money, and now you're paying this back to the banks with interest. They're basically double dipping on you. So, um, yeah, the, the, it's a system. It's a corrupt system. Uh, they've used uh, uh, deceit and lies to hoodwink us into believing that this is the way and this is the norm, and it's not. And um, I've heard, you know, we're, oh, we're under martial law, we're this or that. Well, there's some things in place that people really need, again, further edge of their, their education on. Now. One of my arguments has been, again, going back to the corrupt judges, I've been able to show that there's not a judge anywhere in Michigan, and I'm going to go on on a limb and say probably anywhere in the United States that has a proper oath of office. Here in Michigan, the oath of office under Article 11, Section 1 uh, specifies what the oath of office is. I have FOIA'd our judges, and none of them have a proper oath of office. There are also not in non-compliance with 4 USC 101, 5 USC 3331, and 28 USC 453. So there is no proper oath of office. And the other thing is under in uh, under our constitution here in Michigan, under Article 6, Section 19, they're to have a license to practice law to qualify to sit on the bench. There's no such thing as a license to practice law. I've proven that. One of my cases a couple of years ago, the prosecutor comes in, and the very first thing I did was object to him being there. And the judge is like, why? I said, well, it's come to my attention, judge, that this a prosecuting attorney does not have a license to practice law in the state of Michigan. He right away starts fumbling for his bar card. And I see it out of the corner of my eye. And I just put my hand up. I said, judge, I don't want to see his bar card. That's nothing but a membership card. It's like a Costco membership. It's not a license. The judge panics, tells Brian Sicotti, the prosecutor, to stand up, raise your right hand. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, she's not doing to do this, is she? She swears him in. And bad move, huh? <laughs> she swears him in. And, you know, Brian Scotty, do you have a license to practice law in the state of Michigan? He goes, Yes, I do. And I, you know, I'm, I'm trying not to laugh. And the judge goes, There, I'm satisfied. And I said, Sorry, judge, I'm not. So I still haven't seen the license. And I said, He still doesn't have a license. And she goes, What do you mean? I said, Well, judge, I said, I have a FOIA response right here. And Don't. it's to the prosecutor's office and asking for a copy of his license. And they said it doesn't exist. I've got another one here from the attorney general's office asking the same thing. I want a copy of his license. Does not exist. And I have one here from the licensing department of the state of Michigan. And they go so far as to say that they do not license or regulate attorneys. So he doesn't have a license. So he just committed perjury. And he's gone. He's not okay. Bring on the next one. Incredible. Let's do this again. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, there's no such thing as a license to practice law. So any attorney who says, Oh, I'm licensed, it, it's a lie. It's a lie. So um, they also don't have an anti-bribery statement, they don't have their foreign agent registration statement. I even went so far as to, to demand that okay, you've got the prosecutor's office, which is a corporate body, they have their own tax ID number and everything. The state of Michigan has its own EIN. They're a corporate body. And I said, Judge, you know, I, I need to see the contract. She was, what are you talking about? I said, well, for this company to represent that company, because it says state of Michigan's the plaintiff, 
then how is it that this company can represent that company absent a power of attorney, warrant of attorney, or some form of contract for this company to represent that company? There is none. Never, They've never had a contract. So when you start calling them out on these things, all of a sudden the panic button hits and they start scrambling and they don't know what to do. And you've got them on the defense now. So these are different things that you can bring. This is, you know, people can start foying this stuff. You know, you get a a traffic ticket. I write on there. I do not care to contract. Here's why. And send it back to them. You have a right to respond to that. And you should. And simply put, I do not care to contract. This is not me. The, and my Latin is, I don't speak Latin. So for those who uh, are about to, you know, Listen to what my Latin is. It's not very good. But Here's his pig under Latin. the doctrine of uh, Ian Sanus, um, we are not that cap name. That name, you know, under the uh, doctrine of Ian Sanus, that's prejudicing me because I am not that name. My parents did not name me that what's on the birth certificate. That's an all cap name. They didn't name me that. I don't know where that name came from. And that, that, that's doing me harm. It's fatal. And I'm going to hold the court liable if they try to say that I am that name because I am not. So this is one of the tactics we use to get these cases dismissed and push the court into equity. And so, uh, you know, these, these things do work. They do work. You just got to, you know, uh, do, do your due diligence and, and educate yourself and, um, you know, start applying what you learn. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's talk a little bit about this. I'm glad that you give some of that background because some people are probably going, okay, how, what does this have to do with a, 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 you being a U.S. national setting up trust? The, the, the reason that you're able just to go at these guys the way you are, just fearless, one is I think because you know the truth. Uh, you've discovered the truth. And so knowing the truth, being familiar with that gives you great confidence. For many of us, when we go into a courtroom, we don't tend to know what we're doing and so we're a little bit nervous we're a little bit fumbly about what we're doing but if if we set the groundwork first in other words you set the protections in in place or as you said you cover your six on this one of the things and i know a lot of people are very interested and wanting to understand this because they've been told well wait a minute u.s citizenship i have so many rights and blah blah no you have rights because they're given by god it has nothing to do with what land you live in or anything like that all rights that are given to men are given in all nations to all people, okay? So what is the thing, Mike, when we talk about a difference between a U.S. citizenship and a U.S. national, first, can you break that down as to what it is? And then let's go through some steps that people can take. It's not a lot of money, but it does take some time for you to do each process. And they need, and I want to stress this, they need to do it in a certain order or they can get themselves in a lot of trouble uh, from what I understand. So what's some things that, what's some of these instructions? You've given me some, some of these I'm going to show, and I don't want people to freak out, okay? First of all, I'll have Mike's email in the archive. So you can contact him. Please do not contact Sons of Liberty because... This is why we had Mike on. He knows what he's talking about on this. We don't, okay? Um, but I'm going to have all these documents that Mike has sent me. Uh, they're going to be in the archive. I'm going to put them on Scribd. He said that's okay to do. And all you've got to do is take your time with it. And then if you have questions, he's got an email that you can reach him on. But what are some of the what are the steps that people need to do? Because I'm in the in this process. And one of the things was, the first thing was to get my name off these voter registrations uh, list in my uh, state of South Carolina. Okay. Um, first off, just, I guess, my disclosure. Everything that I 
post, everything that I put out there in the, in the world of the internet um, is based on my personal knowledge or experience. And things that I post is shareable. Um, you can share it. You can uh, if there's if there's something in some document that I, I put out there that based on your circumstance, you say, hey, you know what? I like the, how this is worded. I like the terminology. I like what the, the, copy, paste it, use it. It's there for you to use. And um, I don't claim to be an attorney. I'm not practicing law. What I'm doing is I'm sharing my personal experience. And if it benefits you, then so be it. And use it. Use it to your benefit. So with that said, um, the first thing everybody has to understand is that our founding documents are a trust indenture. Okay. The, the Constitution is a trust. We, the people, are the grantors. The public fiduciaries are the trustees, and we, the people, are the beneficiaries. And as beneficiaries, we hold supreme title. So in order to start the process, one, you have to change, make a declaration of what your status change is. You have to declare that you are a living man or woman. When I had my court cases uh, a few couple of years ago, what we ended up doing was I did these cases on purpose, and we basically held class in the in the courtroom. And because one of the uh, groups I had, about 90% of the people have never even seen the inside of a courtroom, much less know how it works. So I said, okay, let's have class in court. And so that way I could show and, and demonstrate how the procedures work, how the interaction works. And one of the things that uh, ended up happening in the courtroom was, you know, the bailiff goes, oh, I'll rise. You know, and the judge comes in. Nobody stood. Nobody stood up. And other people in the courtroom are like, why aren't you, get, why aren't you standing up? And because we do not rise because we're of the living. Only the dead can rise. And that satanic guy up there practicing his witchcraft in that black robe, we don't recognize as our authority. Well, all of a sudden, now everybody in the courtroom is not rising for the judge. And it was kind of comical. And they actually brought in the court administrators. You guys have to start standing up. No, we don't. Because we don't believe that this guy in the black robe plans, you know, uh, uh, satanic rituals is a superior to us and he's not we the people are the supreme authority under the constitution making we the people the employers and all public servants the employees they work for the people you know the judge works for the people which i'm a part making me one of his superior employers and i treat him or employees uh and i treat him as such we have to look at this from a business perspective in that uh that's what we're there to do this isn't personal this is business so treat it as business and that's the attitude that you have to come in with. That's the attitude I come in with. And I've had yelling matches in the courtroom with judges. And they finally back off because I call them out on it. So um, the process of, of doing this is I am out of, the, out of the Secretary of State system. I have a diplomatic Z plate on my automobiles, not my vehicles. Vehicle is a commercial term. And that's where motor vehicle, you know, code that applies to the commercial aspect, not the personal. Automobile is for uh, personal use. So when I'm going from point A to point B, I'm a traveler, not a driver. A driver is someone who makes profit over the roads. So and our, and our Supreme Court place, has ruled on that too, right? On the right to yes, travel. There, yep. There's numerous court cases on this. Okay. So um, the problem is they're not following 
the Supreme Court on, on any of this stuff because they've got everybody to believe and they got you to consent at an early age. You know, you went to driver's training. You have to get a driver's license and they've got you indoctrinated into believing that this is how you're supposed to do these things. I FOIA'd the secretary of state. I asked them in the FOIA, is there any state or federal law that prohibits me from creating a corporate a, a corporation doing exactly what you're doing? issuing licenses and plates? Answer is no. We are not contractually bound to have to use them. We can go someplace else. Now, I don't have time to start another company to do this. And fortunately, one of my uh, uh, colleagues uh, had made contact with a company. It was out of Arkansas. And so I contacted them. I went through all their documentation. I'm like, hey, you know what? They've already got this established in all 50 states. So I don't have time to start another company. They're already established. So I went with them. I think it cost me like a hundred bucks for the, for the uh, uh, plate. And uh, yep, this is, this is them, uh, the NSEA. And, um, and by the way, just so people on the radio know this, this is NS, NSEA.us, NSEA.us. If you can't uh, keep up with that, um, <clears throat> what is this? Um, American National so, NEC is an what does it stand for? National. Uh, the National uh, um, Environmental know, something. I forget what it is. <laughs> yeah, I know that's going to freak some people out because it's it's it mentions environment, but that they've set up this private uh, entity here, uh, this association, so that they can do these things that you're talking about. Yes, yes, and so they do the the uh, the IDs, uh, so you don't need a driver's license. Um, I've had cops follow me. They look at my plate and they they just shake their heads like, okay, yeah, I'm not touching this one. How because... do, can I ask how they do that with the plates? How do they determine that? If you're in a, a PMA, do they have access to that as well? Do, do they know what that no. is? Okay. No, it's not in the Secretary of State system. So when they run the plate, it, it comes back as nothing. They don't. There's nothing that for them to see. So do you do you not have cops who try to pull you over and say, well, "Wait a minute, you don't have a state tag here. We can't find it. This is this is illegal." I mean, so far I have not had any do so. Uh, when I got everything, uh, there's some documents that I sent to uh, local law enforcement and such to notify them. I'm noticing them that this is what I'm doing. And I never heard back from them. I've been followed numerous times by state police, by local police, and they've never, never stopped me. Interesting. Okay. And if they do, you've got that, you've got that ID there. What, what happens when you use your U.S. national ID? uh, I don't want to say as a driver's license, but, you know, the cop's going to come up and he's going to ask you that. Have you had that encounter at all? I have not yet. I have not yet. And if they do, it can go one of two ways. One, they're going to look at it and say, okay, thank you. Have a nice day, which is what they should do. Uh, the other would be for them to try and take this to the next level, at which point there are uh, sanctions that they could be imposed with because uh, now they're usurpers. They're, they're depriving me of my uh, right to travel. And if I get a supervisor there, now now 18 USC 241, 242 comes into play. It opens the door for them to be uh, 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 held liable civilly under 42 USC 1983, 1985. The other thing that kicks into place here is 
the fact that now that opens the door for you to say, okay, as a usurper of your authority, because you took an oath to the Constitution, um, you are now in violation of Norton v. Shelby County of 1886. Under Norton v. Shelby County of 1886, usurpers have to prove that they're acting in de jure uh, status as a public functionary. If they don't, they lose their immunity and they can be removed from office. Okay, explain to people what de jure means because we're trying to educate the people to know what you're talking about here. Okay, uh, someone who acts de jure has to act within the confines of the Constitution itself. Uh, they cannot uh, go outside of that. We have a lot of departments and agencies that are de facto, meaning they were created when there was no authority to be created, is the best way I could probably say that. Okay. Uh, examples of that is nowhere in the Constitution does it say that we're to have a federal law enforcement agency. The FBI is de facto. CIA is de facto. Your EPA, uh, Environmental Protection Agency, de facto, building uh, departments, health departments, these are all creations of man, not part of the Constitution. Creating something through legislation does not mean it's it's valid. They have to, there's only 18 enumerated powers that Congress has, and they cannot delegate their authority to somebody else. There's a Supreme Court ruling on that in 1935, where the Supreme Court ruled you cannot delegate your authority to another branch of office. Now, your local municipalities, how does a local municipality create an ordinance in, that can be uh, imposed upon you, the people? They can't. They're part of the executive branch, not the legislative branch. Ordinances are not laws. Now, under here in Michigan, Governor Nitwit issued Executive Order 2019-06, granting legislative powers to every director of every department and agency in the executive branch of the state of Michigan. That is a major usurpation of, of, of her authority. And she's in violation of Norton v. Shelby County. And we need to call her out on that. And, and as well as every local municipality, you do not have the authority to do what you're doing. You're usurping your authority. And if you write them a note, give them a notice, prove, and they have to prove that they are de jure, that they're acting within the confines of the Constitution as a public functionary. If they can't prove it, Hey, or they, they say, well, I don't know what that is. Well, then maybe you need to resign. Maybe you need to leave that office because you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. And this is another step that we can take to start shutting them down. Um, another another thing that I've done, and it's, it's comical, um, is that uh, one of the cases, the judge imposed court fees against me. Okay. And we got one of their public uh, or one of their court officials on the witness stand. And I said, did you ever send me a court order on this? And he goes, no. I said, did you validate the bill? Because, you know, if you're claiming that this is a debt owed by the court, uh, that's a that's a debt, which means you have to validate a bill. Did you actually send me a bill? No. Did you validate the debt pursuant to 15, uh, 12 CFR 106.34? No. Well, I'm asking now, who's the original creditor on the account pursuant to 12 CFR 1006.38.42? He couldn't answer. And I said, well, are you acting as a third-party debt collector for the state of Michigan? There you At got him. At which point, the judge... I'm sorry? There you got him. Yes. The judge panics on his behalf. She intervenes, Judge Shauna Murphy of the 53rd District Court, Livingston County, 
she jumps in and says, well, uh, 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 the debt is owed to the, to the, to the court. And I'm like, really? And I said, uh, well, then what species of payment would you like? And he couldn't answer. And he hummed and hawed. And finally, he said, cash. And I said, well, what's your definition of cash? And he hummed and hawed, hummed and hawed. And finally, he said, well, Federal Reserve notes. Well, now you're in violation of federal law. Because federal <laughs> yep. Reserve notes can only be used by the Federal Reserve. Yep. The judge panics and starts answering on his behalf. She goes, I'll take gold or silver. And I said, Judge, I'd love to pay you in gold and silver. Unfortunately, under Proclamation 2039, all debts owing are that of the United States. You <laughs> lost it. Oh, yeah. See, this, and this is what I was telling people as I was learning. The more I saw this, I, I, no kidding, I physically was ill because of the, the amount of corruption and confusion that came from the stuff I was learning was just like that stuff you're saying right there. We've got a caller here. I'm assuming they have a question, Mike, uh, for you. So, a caller, are you there? Uh, yes, I am. Okay, go ahead. Hi, Tim. How you doing? Thank Good. you so much. Yes, you're welcome. Yeah, I don't really know what my question is, but um, um, my husband got me arrested, and uh, I don't know what to do, and I didn't do anything wrong. Okay. And I don't know what to do, Tim. Okay. Is, it, is your question related to the, the topic that we're talking about here, or is it something else? Um, uh, I think it's related to the topic because I know a little bit about what Mike's just a very, very little bit about what Mike's talking about. And okay. I really, I don't know how to fight it based on the little bit of knowledge that I have. So maybe it's, maybe it's not a question. Um, uh, maybe it's, uh, uh, an opportunity to ask for direction. Okay, what what do you um, got going on there? Uh, just try, well, just take a um, deep breath. It's just us talking, okay? Just take a deep breath, and uh, what what? Tell us what you got going on there. Simplify it as best you can, and we'll see if that sure. applies here, and if we can if we can give you some direction on that. Okay, thank you so much. Sure, um, I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Um. Um, my husband and I were not together. He came over to help with the lawn. Um, he stayed for a long period of time outside because his truck was broken down. I asked him to leave. He uh, wouldn't leave. Threw some buckets at me. I just called the police, you know. I said, just have him leave, please. Well, he turned the tables and said I, I hit him. And then uh, that's the situation now. I have to, you know, I've been going to court, and it's, and I don't know what to do. So that's basically it. Simplified. Okay. All right, Mike. What do you, What do you think? I, I don't. I don't know. Um. He said. She said. Uh, uh, domestic disputes are, are tough. Um. And I have the text. He admitted that uh, that he didn't say that. And he lied. Multiple texts. Oh. Well, then he's admitted to, to filing a false police report. Um, <laughs> I would bring that to the, uh, I would put something together uh, in a letter uh, and address it to the prosecutor's office and say that, you know, here's, here's copies of the text messages. He admits that he, you know, he lied. And they okay. should take action against him uh, for filing a false police report. Amen. Okay. Is that helpful? That sounds Yes, it is, and I want to thank you very much, and I'm sorry that I'm a little bit long-winded. 
That's okay. No, that's okay. I, I, I'm glad that we can help. I'm, I really am. I appreciate, I appreciate you all very much. God bless. Thank you. All right, you too. Thank you for the call. All right, there she goes. And uh, yeah, I, you know what, Mike? This is one of the things that, that, that we've talked about. This is to try to help the people. It's, it's not to, to, to put them down. It's to help them. It's a tool in their toolbox. And, and you've got several of these. It's a tool in the toolbox that we can use, for one, for the glory of God. I think all of this ought to be for the glory of God, the one who gave us the law. And then also to fight against the tyrants. Um, there's so many people, they feel like they're helpless because they're like, well, these guys are just doing whatever they want to do, no matter who they are. And, and there's, no, there's no justice against them. But boy, if we step out of line in the least little bit, you know, if we went one mile over the speed limit or if we didn't pay a, a, a certain tax, they're going to come sell our houses. I mean, all of this is just immoral and ungodly. And, uh, and, and, and the whole reason... That I that I see this as such a blessing is it it really does empower the individual in their status and and in their knowledge uh, and understanding what they're doing. I think of Jesus when he's 12 years old. He's a little boy. What was he doing? He was around all those teachers. And he was constantly asking them questions. Why? Because I'm convinced a good learner becomes a good teacher. And I think probably that's the case for you. The more you learn, the easier it is for you to teach people, the easier it is to start simplifying things instead of having to know every little thing. You can simplify it down to some, some things that people can follow. And so I hope that's what we're going to do here. And I know we're going to go a little long. So one of the what, what are some of these steps here? Let's take a couple of steps, just kind of outline them for people. And all of these are going to be in these documents we're going to have in the archive but what's some steps people take towards the U.S. National and then on the other side of where we close out the radio, we'll continue on in the video platform, SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, uh, Rumble, Sons of Liberty Radio Live, and also BeforeIt'sNews.com. Uh, we'll pick up the trust issue and how, that, how those things can go hand in hand. What's the steps that people, can you give people the steps right quick as to what they're to do to not use the state for their the declaration of U.S. national, but to use this PMA for it. Okay, uh, I'm going to try. I'm going to hopefully I don't go too fast for you here. Uh, going back to her call, her call just made me think of something here. When you're in court, the one thing you got to do is make sure you object right at the beginning, using the, the doctrine of Eden Sinus to state to the judge that you are a living man or woman, and you don't. You know, if they want to say, "Well, we're going to proceed anyway," judge. If the prosecutor wants to do this, that's fine with me. So long as I get my civilian due process, I want my civilian due process and keep pounding that constantly. And if the prosecutor says, well, we need to do this, say, you know what? I don't have a problem doing that. So long as I get my civilian due process and I am a man, I'm a woman, how can uh, uh, we contract here? I want my civilian due process. I'm being discriminated against and I'm being prejudiced here uh, uh, by this. And you just have to keep harping on that. Um, as far as the, the 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 status change and all that, um, there's a lot of different ways you can do it. I've done things like uh, uh, an affidavit of non-corporate status. I've used that in the courtroom to where uh, the the uh, magistrate. I mean, he struggled once he once he saw, and I, I put that onto the record, not to call me Mr. Bamis. I am not Mr. Bamis. That's my family name. I don't have a last name. I have what everyone refers to me as Mike or Michael, but I don't have a last name. That's a family name. That's something that they created and, and changed us into believing us to, to, to have. So 
for them. And I got one one judge on the hook on that because she basically on the record says, I don't care what word salad you're using today. I'm going to refer to you as the all cap name. And I said, OK, you know, judge, you're, you're, you're violating my First Amendment right. And she was, what are you talking about? I said, my religious beliefs are this. And you have just gone on the record to say that you're not going to uh, uh, abide by my religious beliefs. And I filed a motion for disqualification against her because of that. Now, that's something else that people need to take a look at is I've disqualified nine judges since 2010. And the the, the case that I refer to and the, and the, co, uh, the coder uh, referred to is uh, 28 U.S.C. 450, uh, 455 uh, in the rulings of the Seventh Circuit in the case of Taylor v. O'Grady, 1989, upheld by the U.S. Supreme Court, 1994. And in there, the judges opined that if the possibility of impropriety exists and the possibility need not be proven, just that it may exist, a judge is automatically disqualified. And the orders issued by a disqualified judge are void. And if the judge continues, then the judge is uh, uh, facing the possibility of violating interstate commerce, warring against the Constitution, committing an act of treason. So... This is another tool that we can use because if a judge doesn't have a proper oath of office, if they don't have a license that they're required to do under under a, con a state constitution, um, don't have an anti-bribery, no foreign agent registration, these are improprieties. If a judge is going to say, I don't care you know, what you want to call yourself, I'm going to view you as this, and it's a violation of your religious beliefs under the First Amendment, that's an impropriety. These are grounds for disqualification. You file your grievances with the tenure commission, get it on record, and then you take the judge in, her, in his or, per, or her personal capacity before a federal claims court. And that's what I'm going to be doing. I've got about 12 federal cases that I'm going to start here uh, at the uh, uh, beginning of the year. And these are, are the tools that we need. And we go after them that way because they all have are bonded. And if their bonds get hit too many times, they have to resign. If, the, if they don't have a bond, they can't hold public office. So that's another way and tool to go after them. Okay. Get your status changed. Declare, I have, and I, I've given you the, the definition, and that's something else I've raised constantly in the courts. I talk about the court rules. Well, the court rules are for their corporate body. And if you read, read the preamble to the Michigan court rules, it says it's for the courts, judges, and practicing attorneys, of which I am none of the above. We are not contractually bound to follow their core rules. Those are their definitions, the Bar Association's definitions. The Bar Association is a PMA. It's a private membership association. They self-license. Or yeah. that's what they proclaim. Mike, hang, hang on. to the state court. Okay, hang on to that thought. Let's about. close out the radio show, and then we'll we'll carry over with Mike Bambus. That's who we got. Uh, the phone lines are open. They're only open while we're live. Please don't call after 803-619-9855. See you on sonsoflibertymedia.com or Sons of Liberty Radio Live on Rumble. Adios. All right, I want to welcome everybody over. Okay, so here's the thing, Mike. I want to go through some stuff here because this is pertinent to some things that you're talking about, and you're talking about changing the status. Now, I had up here this NSA, NSEA.us uh, website, and this was one of the things you pointed me over to. And then you also gave me some um, some instructions. And again, guys, I will, uh, I'm will. i going to upload these documents. Do not contact Sons of Liberty. Let me say it again. Do not contact Sons of Liberty because I'm learning, okay? I don't have the answers, but but Mike has some answers that's worked for him. 
Again, this is for information and entertainment purposes only. Let me do my little dance. That's the entertainment part. Mike's giving you the information part. And this is for you to study out and then use it as you see fit. Okay? Nobody's telling you to do anything. Uh, but when you talk about changing your status, you know, somebody had made a comment here. Let me let me get to this just a second. Uh, da, 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 da. I was trying to see it here. Okay. Uh, Mountain Man. Um, national is the word you should use, not U.S. national, which owes allegiance to the United States, nor non-citizen national, nor national of the United States. And that's the guy we had on before, uh, Roger Sales. Uh, would you agree with that? Because I, I know your ID says U.S. national on it. No, it says American National. Oh, it says American National. I'm sorry. I, then yeah. I need to change the title. I, I'm, I misunderstood that. American National. Okay, we'll change the title on this just so it's clear. Um, but you've got the first thing um, before you're doing anything. I know one of the stuff that you, that you that you had in here, and I didn't see it here, so I don't know where I read it. But you told me, I, okay, you need to get off the, the voter registration. But the first thing you said was fill out a grand jury. Uh, which you have a document for form a yeah. fill out a grand jury. That's, yeah, that's there. That's some of the forms that uh, they uh, provide uh, that you fill out to uh, uh, to uh, be able to apply for the ID and the plate. Okay. All right. um, and the other thing is you have to rescind your uh, signature with the Secretary of State on your voter ID card. Do you do that at the federal and the state level, or just one of them? Uh, just the state levels. The only, yeah, the just, SOS is uh, the only one you really have to contact to do that, or your local municipality if they have it on file there. And do you have to ever notify the federal state uh, secretary of state about any of this? No, I never had to. Okay, I mean, and, I know, I know that's one of the things that Roger says. You have to either determine you're a citizen, you're already a citizen and a national, and you can declare you're one or the other if you want to make that declaration in a simple, you know, one. When I did my, uh, uh, I've, I've, when I first started looking into this uh, process, um, I did look into the David Strait uh, uh, process. I did a lot of those documents um, and filed it, you know, uh, through his process uh, with with the uh, you know at the federal level. And so I've actually used again one of those documents, the affidavit of non corporate status in court. It did work. Um, but when I want to try and use it at a different court, the judge, I, obviously, they got the heads up and they were like, oh, we're not going to accept that document. So they know the courts know the judges know what this stuff is. They understand how it works and they're going to do everything, every bit of trickery they can to try and, and stop us and, and shut us down. Um, in 2018, I believe it was the Michigan Supreme Court Administrator's Office came out with a playbook an actual playbook. I've seen it. I've read it. And in essence, the long story short to it is they were giving instructions to the judges in the, all the lower courts of the state to say, OK, if you get one of these people that come in there and they're talking about being a, a, a you know, living man and their corp, you know, their status change and all this stuff, they were actually giving them instructions on how to deal with us in court. And the main two things they were to do was ignore what we say just disregard it and if we press it to start holding us in contempt for doing so and so they know what this stuff is they understand it uh it isn't like they they're naive to any of this stuff they flat out know it and this is the fraud that they're placing on everybody and it's just a matter of uh, uh playing a ch you know a chess game moving your pieces on the board to um put them in what i call a catch-22 
to where they can't maneuver out of it. And putting them into equity is one of the things that we have found that really uh, uh, lines them up. It really uh, puts them in a spot to where they, they, they can't maneuver out of it. And so the status change is, is plays into part of that, uh, um, uh, of the equity side. And to show and prove that we are a living man, living woman under God. And I'm not a uh, belligerent combatant. I'm here in peace. I come in peace. I am not trying to uh, create controversy. If the court has no controversy, there's no case. Right. So, um, you know, I, I, you know, I could probably talk for hours on this stuff and, and, but I'm trying to give the short, quick answer yeah. here. Yeah. Well, and let's, so. yeah. And that's, that's what I'm wanting. I'm wanting so that the, the people understand your battle. They understand, you know, what you're talking about, what you're doing. And all we're doing is sharing what you've done. So, you know, as you said, some people may have little quirks here and there, but basically the thing is the same. So this is the list that Mike gave. And this is this, I'm, I'm only putting this out. Uh, this will be in the archive so you guys can check it out. I'm just backing it up here, make it big for people. But this is the basic list of setting up for this kind of thing. So would you say the people need to go to NSEA.us first? Uh, they're going to fill out their grand jury page seven, uh, page nine, and sign it. The second thing they're going to do is they're going to they're going to deal with their removal from the voter registration list, or they're going to sign an affidavit that needs to be uh, notarized, I guess, and uh, and send that in saying they've never registered to vote. And then third, they're to order their credentials. That's what they're going to get that from NSEA. Is that correct? The the plates, that's, the ID, that's and correct. Stuff? Okay. Yep. Everything is there on the website. Uh, just you know, go through and follow their steps. And uh, uh, if you got questions, I've talked to them personally. Uh, they're you know they'll they'll help you out and you know wherever you you know wherever you need help or answer whatever questions you may have. All right, and then you deal also with going outside the United States. Now, I, in all fairness, I asked Mike, I said, have you gotten on a flight with this ID that you have? And he hasn't tested that yet. So I don't know if there's people within that association who have, if they if they wanted to fly or something like that. I'm assuming, my assumption would be, they're all, if they're in that PMA, they're not, they're not bound to all these things with the TSA and stuff too. I would, I would think, but maybe not. I mean, we're not supposed to be either, but I understand the trickery that went on in that too. I, I get the trickery in that too. Uh, and yeah, I can count on one hand how many times I've flown and it was before the TSA existed. So. Okay. All right. But you're saying that there are other, uh, if you want to drive or if you want to travel, let me, let me change that. If you want to travel, there are companies who can help you get international driver's license and passports and I'm assuming they're going to be P PMAs too. Is that correct, or maybe not? Yeah, the, the more than likely they will be, uh, because under a PMA, you're not bound to the code, the statutes of the state. Okay. So um, it's a different, different total setup, and that's why the bar association is a PMA. Okay. So they, they don't have to follow uh, the the codes and statutes that they want us to follow. Okay. All right. Now your last one here, you say, uh, and just bring this up so people can see it for U.S. passports for state citizens. Okay. Now you're declaring an American national. Are you a, are you still considered a, a citizen of your state? Uh, much the way our forefathers did, you know, before the war of Northern aggression. And even during that, they said, I'm not necessarily a citizen of the U S I'm a, I'm a citizen of Virginia or South Carolina or North Carolina, Georgia. Uh, it can, are they the same? Are they, uh, do you wear two different hats in that? Yeah, you you can always wear multiple hats. That's what everybody has a hard time okay. um, understanding is that you, you can wear multiple hats. You do every day. 
I mean, you wear one hat as a man or a woman. You wear another hat as a husband or a wife, a brother. You know, these are all the different hats. You wear a hat as a uh, an auto mechanic or a carpenter. These are all different hats that you wear. So, yeah, right. you can wear different hats. I am not a citizen of the United States, i.e., the corporate body. Um, I am a citizen under the Fifth Amendment and of the state of, uh, of the, uh, soil of Michigan. So the state of Michigan in the all cap sense is again, another corporate body. I am not a citizen of that corporate entities. I am of the soil, not of the corporate bodies, corporate structures. Got I don't it. know how else to explain that to the, to everybody. Um, you know, uh, I've had people say, well, where does it say that, you know, the federal government is, is a corporation? Well, it's actually defined. I believe it's under 28 U.S.C. 3002, subpart 15A, actually defines the United States as a corporate body. Interesting. Yep. Yep. Okay, so um, we've got Oren asking, is this a communist strategy? No, it's a fascist strategy. This is why you got fascists on the temple uh, statue of Lincoln the tyrant. You've got the fascists in the House of Representatives. We are a fascist state. We, we've been a fascist state for a long time. So, you know, and we've been saying that, but the more, Mike, you peel the layers back, the more it just becomes so obvious that's what we become uh, because, you know, as, as we've said before, we, we wickedly departed from our God. We don't hold to His law. We, do, we haven't seen ourselves. We know we're living men and women. We're, we're, we know that, but we, we don't know how to walk in any kind of authority. And that's one of the things the Lord Jesus did was He went... And he spoke not as the scribes and the Pharisees, but one having authority. And then when he when the people heard his disciples, what did they say about him? Them, they said, they recognized they had been with Jesus. <laughs> Same guy who was walking around walking in authority. And of course, I, I've heard some of the allusions too of the walking on water, the the Admiralty Law and him being above all of that. You know, I, I can see the parallels. I see the parallels from the spiritual to the physical. I, I see that. I see that real clear. So, okay, so you can get U.S. passports this way. There are uh, instructions you can do that, you said. And then, okay, so so Mike has got all this stuff set. People are just going to have to take their time, educate themselves, and, uh, and then take each step one at a time. I want to warn people. If you use these steps and you don't do it the way you're told and you get in trouble, because you can get in trouble for not doing it a proper way and a proper method, don't come hollering at us. You better take your time with this and know what you're doing. You're responsible for your own actions. Now, the second thing is the trusts, because I think the trusts are just as important. And you were doing some stuff, not just your the assets that you have. You're doing your face. You're doing your fingerprints and all that. And you're encrypting it. Uh, let people in on that because I don't. I've never. I had never heard of putting your fingerprints and your biometrics and all that in a trust, and then basically sealing that thing up with encryption. What all do you? What do you use the trust for? And how do you? You've got the instructions again. We'll we'll have those up for people. What's the process? How long does it take to set that up? And then what's the purpose of all the biometrics and stuff in there as well? Okay, what I ended up doing was. Um... You know, I, I, I decided to take it a, a step further, and this is we're going to be in the courts. We're going to be going to federal court on this because uh, I had a uh, local uh, sheriff uh, violate my what I call my biometric trust. And my biometric trust is everything that makes up me. 
And so my uh, fingerprints, my DNA, my eye retina, everything that I it makes me the living man is owned by a trust. And by doing that, uh, what they're uh, balking about is, and the sheriff actually wrote me a letter stating that, well, as you know, you, you we as people we cannot be property. Well, that's exactly how we're being treated. Is is that we're being treated as property, and there's nothing that prohibits us from putting our biometrics into that trust. Now, what does that do? It means that they cannot uh, or should not uh, fingerprint us. They should not take our eye retinas. They should not be taking our DNA. Any of that stuff. And the uh, terms of the trust are such that. If they do do this, there are sanctions in place that they are going to be held accountable for. And I'm in the process right now of holding the sheriff accountable for that, because in one of the cases where uh, I was talking about earlier before Judge Shauna Murphy, uh, she got so irate with the fact that they could not define what the fees were that she was trying to impose. She sentenced me to 30 days in jail and I was in isolation for all 30 days. And not only is that a violation of the U.S. Constitution, but it's a violation of the Michigan Constitution. And it's a violation of federal law. We don't have debtor's prisons, but that's exactly what they're creating, our debtor's prisons. And I was put in jail for 30 days for failure to pay a debt. But they could not define how I was supposed to pay that debt. So um, by when I was put in, put in there, I informed the deputies that, there was a trust in place, and these were the terms of the trust. The certificate of trust uh, had been uh, sent to the court by registered mail twice, and so they knew fully well that the trust exists. And the sheriff, uh, my trustees uh, made an appointment to meet with the sheriff. They informed him of the trust. He read through the uh, certificate of trust uh, and said, I'm not going to honor this. He goes, and then this is what he told uh, my trustees. If I honor this, I can't arrest anybody because everybody's going to do this. And what does that tell you? I mean, well, a public this, service this is, is a public trust and a public trust is a public service. They're responsible to do it no matter how many people take advantage of it. Right. And so um, I'm going to move forward uh, with a case against the sheriff in his personal capacity, because uh, as a man, he's responsible. This is where the equity comes in. And I will take him to federal court, federal claims, and uh, ask him to uh, remedy the situation uh, for what he did, because he didn't have the authority. He usurped his authority to uh, violate the terms and conditions of the trust. Okay. All right. And one of the things a lot of people don't understand equity, I, I've begun to learn some. My friend uh, David, who we had on the show for a lot of prepping stuff, he was, he's like half my age, but the, the young man is just, he's smart as a whip and he's quick on his feet. And he said, Tim, you don't have to learn all these codes, statutes, all this other stuff. If you know equity and you can get it in there, he said, it's, 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 how did he put it? He said, it's not law. It's what should be done, shall be done kind of thing. 
And right. he said, you put that on the, the trustees and they're supposed to do. So if you have a quote unquote, if you're alleged to have a debt, and again, we, we talked a little bit about this. Most people can look at their statements that they get from their credit card companies, their banks, their uh, the, the tax office, whatever. You'll notice how many of you guys, when you get a bank statement, it says negative, because I've had this, you guys know my financial situation. You, you got a thing that says negative $120. What does that mean? That means you owe them $120, don't it? Don't you? But when your bank statement says $568.27, that means that's that's what you have in the bank, right? So when you get a bill, how many of you get a bill that says negative something? Unless you're closing out an account and maybe you you sent in some of those Federal Reserve notes too many. How many of you got positive numbers on there? Well, how is that a debt? That's a credit to you that Mike and I were talking about that. And nobody ever brings this stuff up. And you were talking about there's a way you can do that. You can use it because they're called coupons. And the federal statutes also have that about coupons. But I haven't found anybody who can help me with that as to how we use that like a check and sign it and just let them handle it. Because we are the beneficiaries of that trust that was established by the state when our mother and father signed that little birth certificate. So with that said, setting up trusts, again, you know, we're called to be citizens of heaven. That's what the Bible says. Not even citizens of South Carolina. We're citizens of heaven first and foremost. We had Charlie Stewart on. That's how his family does. He says we're of the commonwealth of Israel, Ephesians 2. That's his approach to doing what you're doing. And it's a whole lot more restrictive for him in that he doesn't want to deal with any of the uh, beast system at all, from its money to its politics to any of that stuff. So that was his approach. So there's different ways people can, can bring this about. So setting up trust... When I looked at trusts years ago, they were like $7,000. Then when I talked with my friend David, who was learning to do them, uh, he said it's normally about twenty, and I think he was going to help me with one, and we've kind of lost contact. I, I'm hoping he's okay. Uh, but you've got a way in your instructions here where the people can do their trust themselves, and they can they don't, you know, I believe the Bible when it talks about us putting up an inheritance for our children I don't believe it's just physical things. I, I think we want to advance them, obviously, land and such like that. But it, I, I do think it's a spiritual heritage that we're giving them. But there is this idea that we pass on. We're going to leave what we leave for someone else. And you know, our intent is that we leave it to our kids with the hopes that they're going to use it, they're going to build on it, and then they're going to leave it to their kids, and they'll be more useful during history, hopefully for the advancement of Christ and, and for his crown rights more than ours. But you've got this set up so that people can take little steps in setting up their own trust to protect their assets. Because I know a lot of men out there are saying, well, I would do something, but I got a wife and kids. And they don't mean, I think some of them don't mean it in a selfish way. They meant, I need to make sure they're taken care of so that I can go do what I do. And I think this is what we're talking about this morning is one of those things that puts a peace of mind to the man. He can still control what he needs to do and, and do his daily functions, but he can also be able to protect his family in the midst of it should they come after him. Yeah, um, I sent you a, a, an example of a trust. I share that with a lot of people as an example of how to set up uh, a trust. It's how I modeled uh, uh, my company. I use this that as the template to create the trust. And basically, it's like a company. You have I have I set mine up to where I have a parent trust, and then I have a bunch of subsidiary trusts underneath that. 
and each trust contains something different. Again, a house in one, a, a truck in another, guns in another, whatever it may be, uh, including a biometric trust. And so um, the way I structured it and everything is similar to like a corporation to where there's overlapping uh, checks and balances. And it also has, as you re refer to as an encryption code, so that if it's ever contested, if it ever has to go to court, the judge is not going to know or understand it. Uh, probate courts right now, especially Michigan, uh, we the probate courts are corrupt. And I mean bad. We are working and trying to help people uh, stop these uh, attorneys, uh, court-appointed attorneys. They call them guardians. And they are robbing people blind through the probate courts. I designed this so that it cannot go to probate court. It is a irrevocable trust based on my definition, not the Bar Association's definition. And everybody's got to keep falling. Uh, everybody keeps falling into that trap. Well, this is what they say. This is what this means. No, the Bar Association created these definitions. Your paperwork, your language, your words, your definitions. And the court has no constitutional authority, and I've raised this and used this in court many times. They do not have the constitutional authority to change the terms and conditions of a contractual agreement as an outside third party of that contract, nor do they have the uh, constitutional authority to interfere as an outside third party of that contract. So the trust being a, uh, a contract as such between the parties involved, the grantor, trustee, and beneficiary, the courts have no jurisdiction. The way I set it up is being an irrevocable, it is also a foreign trust, foreign to the United States. It is created on the soil of Michigan, making it a Michiganian trust. I know our Governor Nitwick keeps referring to us as Michiganders. We are not Michiganders. That's a slang for slave owners. We are not slave owners. Uh, we are Michiganians. And this is a foreign trust. It does not get recorded. There is no tax ID number to it. Nothing. It has nothing connected to their system because it's none of their business. It's a private trust. It's to remain private. And the language I have in there, if someone tries to contest it, there are jurisdictional guidelines that have to be met in order for that trust to be uh, brought into a court. And it has to be a court of equity, not just a probate court or the circuit court. It has to be a court of equity. And it has to follow those, those guidelines and laws of equity. And that that takes it out of their realm, and that way they can't steal it. Um, we've had people where they've used a bar attorney to write their will, to write their trust, or living trust, or whatever. And there's clauses in there that allows the judge to remove the current trustees and use a court appointed trustee. And then once that court appointed trustee's in there, he liquidates everything. We've had one guy. Um, his, his wife was the power medical power of attorney for his mother. The judge with no notice appointed of a court appointed attorney to be the guardian. Contrary to all the terms of the trust, they, uh, moved the mother to a nursing home without notifying the family. She ended up dying. They ended up killing her. And I'm not going to go into all the, those details. But um, then they sold the house, they sold all the assets, and they didn't have the authority to do it. That was contrary to the terms of the living trust 
in the will. And now these people are 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 battling a corrupt judge, corrupt uh, attorneys through the probate courts. Um, I've seen this numerous times, and I've been trying to help various different people to to uh, fight against this. But uh, this is the system, and they're right now rewriting the Michigan Trust Code to where they're trying to claim that um, the state of Michigan has personal jurisdiction over everything and everyone. Oh, goodness. The, the beneficiaries, wow. everything. And it's it's completely, uh, uh, they, they, you know, it, the the usurping, you know, the usurping of their authority is is incredible. It's just, and so I designed and put the language in this trust to where if they want to try and play this game, I've got roadblocks in there. Uh, one of the other things, um, because I don't have what they call a permanent residency, I'm don't, I'm not a resident. I abode, but I am not a resident. And that's another reason why I'm out of their system, out of the Secretary of State system, because I don't have what they, by their definition, a permanent residence. Um, they don't know where I live. They don't know where I'm at. And I've had judges say, well, you know, where, where did you stay last night? And I said, well, I stayed in the United States of America. And no, 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 no. Where, where do you keep your stuff? Oh, United States of America. And finally, the one judge is like, well, I need to know what address did you stay at last night? And I said, <laughs> Judge, I'd love to tell you that. Unfortunately, you do not have a security clearance for me to be able to divulge that information. Don't. And the judge is like, what do you mean a security clearance? I said, Judge, I've got death threats against me by the governor, by Mike Shirky, uh, by the FBI. And I said, you don't have a security clearance. I can't you know, divulge that information. They drop it. They don't want that information getting on the record. So, yeah, I've used that several times where, Judge, sorry, you don't have a security clearance. That shuts them down. They, yeah, they don't have a, uh, any recourse to that. You know, Mike, when, you, when you're bringing some of this up and you're talking about these people panicking, do you feel like the music comes on? And, and these guys are just chasing themselves. All over. I, I'm sorry. I like to use the soundboard when I can. But don't, I, I get this in my head, this music, for when you're saying they lose, they, they don't know what they're doing, and they're running out of the courtroom, they're running back in, they're talking with them, they're huddling. You know, I want to address something that Carol Ann said in the chat, and you're right, Carol Ann. She says, we shouldn't have to jump through all these hoops just to exist and on our own property. I agree, but let's yes. take it back to Scripture. We shouldn't be having to work by the sweat of our brow and all this stuff, but you know what we did? We listen to the devil. Our father listened to the devil. His, his, you know, Adam, his wife listened to the devil. She was beguiled. She was deceived. And then Adam just, well, honey, if you ate it, I guess I'll eat it too. And he took of it and he brought that curse on himself. Listen, we brought it on ourselves, haven't we, Mike? Out of our ignorance. Yes. I mean, we brought it on ourselves out of ignorance. Now we get the truth. We learn the truth. And now we've got to start applying it and starting take, listen, I believe, I am not one of these seven mountain guys and all that stuff, but I believe the biblical mandate of taking dominion over the earth is for man still. It's not for tyrants. It's for the men of God, the God, those who are made in the image of God. And we are to have the faith of Jesus Christ. We're to take dominion over the earth. And we can't do that while we're ignorant. We can't do that while we're stupid and dumb to the things that they've done to us. And once we begin to understand what goes on, now it starts to make sense of what they did. Now it starts to make sense of our ignorance and the curses it's brought upon us. 
and we can start to repent, if you will, uh, and start taking it back to them. And that's what Mike is doing. Uh, Mike is not one of these guys who's just telling you a bunch of stuff. And I mean, he isn't even making any money on this stuff. He's just, he's helping you help people. You have a class, don't you? That you teach? Um, well, it wasn't my class. It was a group that uh, uh, had started long before I got connected to them. And um, it was by by chance that uh, uh, I got invited to this group by one of, by one of their uh, uh, members. And uh, I met with them. I, we talked. And uh, they liked what I had to say. I liked where their, you know, what, what their direction was. So I stuck with them. Still am. Um, I've branched out to other different groups, uh, throughout the state and, uh, uh, I'm trying to get to where everybody is on the same page at the same level. And it's, it's a process. It, you know, it takes time, um, because everybody's, you know, everybody's got a story, everybody, you know, as, as, as their issues. And what I'm trying to do is trying to get everybody to where the information is consistent. The information is doable it's is provable and it's duplicatable and that's where we need to get um because i know there's a lot of people out there and there's guys out there all you know they they need you to sign a uh non uh, confidentiality agreement or they uh, charge you you know two thousand dollars for their information and all this stuff and you know their 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 goal is to well we got to get into the private you know we don't want to be in the public got to be in the private i look at this and this is why i look at it from the business point of view we are always going to have to do commerce. You do commerce, you're in the public. And I understand their philosophy of being in the private, but you can go live on a mountaintop someplace away from everybody and everything thinking, there I am, I'm in the private. You know, I don't have to deal with all this stuff. And if they want to reach out and touch you, they're going to. You can do all this paperwork and think, there, I've crossed all my T's. I dotted all my I's. Uh, they can't touch me. If they want to touch you, they will because that's just the way it is um so you got to find that balance between private and public you got to be able to ride that fence and have a foot in both sides and know how to balance yourself in all of that and that's the only way you can do it is through education understanding how the system works understanding the terminology the symbolism that they they uh they throw at you and be able to uh when you walk into their system to be able to know how to respond to what they throw at you because in in a blink of an eye a judge can change the jurisdiction of a court there's 88 different jurisdictions in a courtroom and he can change that jurisdiction just on a word and if you're not uh, uh privy to it if you're not understanding it they they'll 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 trip you up i've been tripped up uh guys who are better at this than i am have been tripped up just on on a simple word yep and so uh, it happens to the best of us. It does. It's not the end of the world. And, um, you know, even if you do this stuff and you get bound up, there's always a way out of it. There's always other means to do uh, to, to get it corrected. So it's not the end of the world. I mean, you can go back 50 years on a case and have it reopened through equity and get it resolved differently, can give it a different outcome. So there's, you know, there's, no, uh, uh, how can I say there's, yeah, you can screw up, but there's remedy for the screw up, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. Okay. All right. But these are some helpful tips here for people to at least get started in it. 
And, you know, I, there's there's people who want to do something, Mike. I, I see them all the time. There are other people who are doing something, and sometimes they're uh, kind of fumbling in the dark and doing it, and they learn from that, and they keep progressing on, and then some things they're really good at and, and such like that. We're all at different levels of that understanding. But I think it's very important that people understand how they can can deal with the things they can control. Nobody can control what's going on in D.C. You can't. You can't really control what's going on in the state legislature, but you can in your sphere of influence where God's put you, and predominantly that's your person and your family. You have control over that uh, to a certain extent um, in what you do and what you buy and what you write and what you read and what you're taking in and these, these steps that you're talking about here in doing for people. So that's what we want to encourage people to do is to do what they can where they can do it. Um, quit looking at you know, the massive problem in D.C. or even necessarily in your state. Deal with yourself first. Get all that stuff in order. Understand where you're at. And then you can go out and start fighting, you know, the beast on the local front, uh, even as you're doing. So what I want to do, Mike, is I want to give you the final word. I hope you'll come back. We'll have you back on, maybe get into some more uh, some more of these other things because I, you've got a wealth of knowledge the Lord's taught you in your battles you're doing. And I think that's what we're supposed to do. You know, freely... We've been given, or freely received, we freely give. And you're one of those kind of guys. You, you just went off in that, that meeting the other night, and I was just like, yeah, I, I want to. This is the practical application of what I see Bradley talking about. This is the practical application of what we talk about. And so that's why, that's why we had you on. But I want to give you the final word. Give our people, our audience, if, you, if, it's, if this was the last time you're speaking to them, I hope it's not, but if it's the last time you're speaking to them, what would be a word of edification you give for the audience, and then we'll close out the show? Simply um, start on the home front, get your affairs in order, and get your trust done, get everything taken care of that way. Um, even if you don't go out there on the battlefield like me or in others, then at least you're protected if they come knocking on your front door. Um, so that's that's the foundation. You know, as, as, a, as a contractor, when you're building a house or you're building anything, it starts with the foundation. And the foundation in this sense is the trust, getting all your everything, you know, you know in order. Uh, you know, I've talked about biometric trust, your house trust and all this kind of stuff. A trust for your birth certificate. Put that into a trust. That's a securities instrument. Um, you know, your children should be in a trust in case something uh, and, and you're having problem with the school boards and such. Um, so there, there's a lot of different ways that you can protect yourself just with the trust. And even if you don't go out there uh, uh, trying to fight the battle like a lot of us do, then at least you're protected when they come knocking at your door. And that's that's, you know. That's peace of mind right there. That's peace of mind, because if you know that they can't hurt you at home, then, you know, you, you, there, there's less to worry about out there in, in you know, the real world. So um, that's that's what I, I would always recommend to everybody is get, you know, your affairs in order, get your home front secured. And then if you want to uh, venture out and do other things than you can. If you want to deal with your, you know, your local school boards and all that kind of stuff, a lot of this stuff applies to them. It applies to every department agency uh, and branch of, of the government from federal right down to your local municipalities. Um, a lot of uh, uh, parents have come to me 
and I, I shouldn't use the word parent. Parent's a bad word. It's mother, father. Uh, parent's a commercial term that they use. Um, but when they said that, uh, you know, the Pennsylvania, oh, you know, we own, you know, your kids, they weren't lying. When you sign as the mother, the birth certificate, you sign custody of your child over to them. You need to reclaim your kids. You need to get those affairs in order. And we're going to have some of those documents, too. I don't think I have those in what you sent. And I don't even think I have the trust documents. I've got the stuff dealing with the, the American national stuff. I think I, I thought I sent you a copy of the trust Okay. Um, if not, let me know. And yeah, I'll let's check. It to you. Let's check that out. And I want to do this thing about the, the, you know, reclaiming the children that we have, our offspring. Well, we have to also uh, uh, change our again. It goes towards the status that we have to. Uh, uh, we're all looked at as minors uh, in the eyes of the government, and we have to uh, claim our adult status as well. And that's another process that that needs to be done. Right. And I'll have, I'll probably have to get you information that that's another whole big topic that. Um, yeah, maybe we can do that uh, one next week. <laughs> we can get <laughs> we can get uh, growing up uh, legally and uh, and reclaiming our offspring. <laughs> we can do something like that. We can have that maybe next week, and we can talk about that. All these things are very important because Mike, at every level, I see I see the serpents. I, I see it. I see that kind of work in the minds of men to enslave other men. And I got. I got to tell you, I have no desire to have any authority over another man. I, I just. I don't have a thought. I don't. I don't desire that. And so I don't. My mindset does not comprehend men who just want to rule over people and trample them and not help them. And I mean, if a judge can go in and help. Uh, some guy who's part of a dead entity with a dead entity's name. Uh, why doesn't he help the living? Is it because he's dead too? <laughs> is it because the judge is dead too? That's the capacity they're operating under. Yeah. I mean, you know, we consent to being slaves. What is an employee but a slave? It's a title of enslavement. Uh, That's exactly right. Exactly. As right. an employee. So um, do we... Do we look to do that uh, purposely? No, uh, but we've been indoctrinated to follow this system. And so we just have to understand. We have to start, again, educating. We have to understand the terms, the you know, the, the symbols. And, um, you know, they'll, they'll put it right in our face. You know, they put it right in our face, and but we have to be able to recognize it. My dad's 86 years old, and I've been teaching him this stuff, and the light bulb's going on. To where when he's sitting there watching the news and now he's picking up on the words yes, that they're using in exactly. the newscast and goes, now I understand. And he's like, you know, he's like, I'm pissed. I'm, you know, uh, you know, I've been lied to my entire life about all this stuff. And he's seeing it now in a different light because now he's starting to understand the Amen. terms and the, and the symbols and everything. And it's amazing when, you know, uh, you know, again, he's 86 years old. And the light bulbs are going off and he's like, oh, my God, I've never even realized that when, you know, he saw that. I mean, we've replayed uh, clips of JFK in some of his speeches and you go back and you look at it now, knowing what we know now. And now all of a sudden you see the symbolism, you see the uh, the play on words that he's using in those speeches and they're putting it right there in front of everybody. But nobody grasped it. Nobody understood it. Because you didn't understand the terminology. You think that's why they're trying to dumb us down, why they're putting fluoride in the water, why they're wanting us to take all these 
pharmaceuticals and things, it, it dulls our mind so we're not as clear. And even in our food, poisoning our food and, and the rest, do you think it is to dumb us down and not be wise to their schemes? For them to, um, you know, I've, I've had these debates about the, you know, the new world order and all that. And um, they have to, you know, it's all about money, power, control with them. And they may actually one day be successful with the new world order, but it's not sustainable. And it's not sustainable for two reasons. One, religion. Second, greed. And those are the downfalls of what they're trying to create. They're their so-called utopia. It'll never it'll never work. So, um, but yeah, they have to try and dumb everybody down in order to bring everybody in compliance. You know, I'm reminded of a movie, uh, trading places with Dan Aykroyd and Johnny, uh, 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 Eddie Murphy. And at the, towards the end of the movie, uh, the question was asked, how do you hurt rich people? And the answer was you make them poor. We are, you know, the richest nation in the world. How do you hurt the richest nation in the world you make them poor why do you think the borders are open it's about money there you've got all these poor people coming into this country these migrants coming into this country who are lowering the wage scales and at the same time our government is signing them up giving them the social security card signing them up and registering them and then they're going to whatever country that they came from getting the birth certificate, again, a securities instrument, and then they got, okay, I've got $6 trillion in future earnings off of these people going to the Treasury and saying, give us a $6 trillion loan based on these notes. This the is a gold debt, nugget. This is a gold nugget, people, for why things are going the way they're going. The, the, the national debt is not money that we or our grandkids have to pay. That is money they owe us. If Proclamation 2039 yeah. is yeah. not renewed and every sitting president every year has to renew Proclamation 2039, including Donald Trump, if it's not renewed, the national debt is money that they have to pay back to we the people and it has to be paid back in gold and silver. Okay. All right. So, I, gosh, you just went down another thing that I didn't, I didn't want to do. I want to, let me see if I can pull this up real quick. And I don't know if I asked you about this, but somebody sent it to me. And, and, and the only reason I took any notice of it, okay, was because my governor, uh, Henry McMaster, um, let me see here just a second. And people know what I think about, you know, some of this Q stuff and everything that, that comes out. Because I, I, I get it that there are... Um, uh, truths that are come out and that, that mainly a lot of people are doing their own research and stuff. And I think that's great. People learn history and they're learning some of these. I, that part I can I can deal with. The problem I have is the promotion of, you know, Trump and such. This is my own governor. Now, I looked. I If somebody's got it, send it to me. I've asked people about it. Any of you guys ever heard of Nasara and Jasara? One of them is specific to the United States, my understanding is, at least from people who talk about it. And one is international. And it's like this major fun. And I remember watching this little, this young lady uh, on, talking about this. And she went back to St. Germain, and who some people think was Lucifer incarnate and all this kind of stuff. But he, he allegedly put some money in a trust. And it's been building interest for hundreds of years. And it's worth like, I don't know, 
a gazillion billion, let me use uh, Biden's terms, gazillion, million, 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 bazillion, uh, or Trump's terms, trillions and trillions and trillions. It's worth a lot of money, okay? And that was supposed to be distributed throughout the earth to the people of the earth so that they're not working for pieces of paper, but they're living their lives. At least that's that's the way it's promoted. This was a video that I got, um, uh, Mike. This is my own governor. I couldn't find documentation on it. I could All I could find was people writing blogs on all this. This is my governor saying this stuff. Tell me what you think about this. Fellow South Carolinians... Whoops. A game-changing opportunity awaits, the Nasara Gazara cards. These cards signify a revolutionary initiative that's about to transform our financial landscape, bringing prosperity to countless families. With these cards, financial freedom is within reach like never before, providing direct access to deserved prosperity while liberating you from the taxes and interest. Gone are bureaucratic hurdles. Every South Carolinian gains the power to control their financial destiny. Nasara Gisara cards promise transparency, fairness, and empowerment, eliminating inequality and fostering a system where everyone can thrive. Imagine a future free from financial constraints, where every resident can pursue dreams without the burden of taxes and interest. This initiative goes beyond financial gain. It's about restoring hope, faith, and putting power back into the hands of our citizens. I believe in the transformative potential of these cards to reshape lives and propel our state towards a brighter, tax-free, and more prosperous future. Okay, all right, so there's what he said. Now, the thing that caught me was cards, that's number one, because our money is gold and silver, it's not cards. Now, I don't think I would have a problem with carrying a card that's based on gold and silver. I. I just like a, like we used to have silver certificates and stuff like that. That's one thing. It's a lot easier to deal with that than the other. But I think that's sort of the trick that they play on us. What do you make out what he's saying here? It sounds like you're still going to be dependent upon government for your cards, for the money, all this other stuff. And I, I don't know. This little girl that I listened to, it was years ago when she was talking about this. She said, it's a trap. Don't take the money. And I'm wondering if this is part of this new system, electronic system that they're trying to set up. Uh, to where they're they're going to enslave us. They're, they're, you're either you're either in the system, or if you're a dissident, then you're going to be out of the system. What do you make about that? And we'll close out the show. Um, pale face talks with forked tongue. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a trap, and they they you know they want again power. Uh, it's all about money, power, control. And if they control the food, if they control the the bank accounts, they control you. And so if everything is on this card, if everything is digitized, a push of a button because they don't like your point of view puts you without being able to put food on the table exactly. or, or anything else, then that, that's what they're trying to achieve. What they fail to grasp in their so-called infinite wisdom, uh, I use that loosely, um, is the fact that the Federal Reserve is not a government agency. It's a private corporation. And we are not contractually bound to them. So if they want to try and pull this digital you know, currency stuff with the cars or whatever else they want to try and pull, we don't have to use them. We, under the 10th Amendment, can create our own banking system locally. Come on. And do our own banking system locally mm. through that process. That's right. 
We don't have to use them. There's nothing binding us to them. There's no contract. Absent a contract, there's no, no, no binding. Just like when you buy a house, you get your property, your bill for the property taxes, right? Where did you ever sign a contract? Now, the, the municipality provides you services, and those are the taxes on those services. But absent a contract, where are you actually contractually bound to pay for those services? Now, if they want to come to me and negotiate a contract, great. I'll pay for uh, fire protection or I'll pay for this, but I'm not going to pay for, let's say, schools or I'm not going to pay for uh, whatever else, you know, they're, they're bridge to nowhere. And I should be able to negotiate that contract. There's no contract. Where are we contractually bound to pay this? They're kind of like they're kind of like the mafia thugs who walk down the street at the different businesses and say, "You pay us for protection. If you don't, then we're gonna we're gonna be your enemy. We're gonna destroy your business." I mean, that's basically what they do. They they're acting uh, like an organized crime organization. The mob, the mafia, had better ethics and codes than they do. They have more. The mob had uh, the mafia had morals and standards. Uh, what we'll call it what it was than what we're dealing with now. I mean, now it's, you know, uh, we're going to uh, lower the population by killing everybody. I mean, going back to the border situation, you know, you're going to tell me that uh, this is a Democrat problem, that, oh, no, it's a Republican, Democrat, it's government problem. They were able to shut down, you know, they did a test run, the Boston Marathon, where they shut down the city of Boston and did a door-to-door search with military, was a test run to see if they could do it to the whole country. And what they do, they shut the whole country down through COVID, didn't they? Now, if you can shut down the entire country, if you can, then why can't you shut down that border? Yep. Well, and, no and again, I, I would say that's, you know, we talked about it on Friday night. I would say that's up to the men, the men to go out there and put a stop to it. I mean, it specifically says it in the Constitution. Militia's there to repel invasions. If anybody says that's not an invasion that's going on, I, I don't know what your definition is. When you've got 10,000 people, uh, you know, military-age men, for the most part, there are some women and children that you see on occasion, but mostly they're, they're military-age men coming across your border every single day. And the guys who are, who are entrusted to stop it don't stop it. And the people who actually are the, law, the only law enforcement in... The United States, which is the militia, able-bodied men, don't stand up and stop it. Guys, it, it's like I've said all along, Mike, the men of the country are the solution to the problem. It's not Donald Trump. It's not uh, Joe Biden. It's not any of the representatives. It's you because it's you. You're the sovereigns under the king. I, I, I hate to even call it. We're not sovereigns. We are, you know, you were talking about being slaves. The Bible says we're either slaves to sin or we're slaves to righteousness. We're to be slaves to righteousness under our king. And we receive all the blessings as a result of that. And our slavery isn't so much slavery as it is what Jesus said. He says, you're, I, I don't, you're my friends. I've told, you what, I'm, I've told you what I'm doing. You know, the master doesn't tell the slaves what he's doing. He tells his friends what he's doing. You're my friends. And then the Bible goes on and it says we've been adopted into God's family, Ephesians 1. And so, you know, we're, we're heirs and joint heirs with Christ. And so we should be doing that, but we've lost our way because, well, mom and dad didn't teach us any of this stuff. Uh, grandpa and grandpa didn't teach us because they didn't know. They got, they got seduced into it. They got beguiled into it, and they didn't know any better either. And so this is, this is sort of a generational curse that we're under, and we're looking to break that and see God work in and through us uh, for his glory to reestablish justice. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, we, you know, they, they've, they've used propaganda to uh, uh, demonize the militia. That's, you know, uh, that's been going on for years. And so now we're to the point where we're supposed to be, we, we look to the government and these agencies to take care of all our problems for us. That's not how it's supposed to work. You know, they work for us. We're supposed to be taking the lead. We're not supposed to be letting them take the lead. And that's what we have to get back to. We have to reorganize and start uh, uh, enforcing our, uh, uh, enforcing the Constitution uh, back to, to, to being a republic. And the republic is there. And, but it's just got a bunch of crap dumped on top of it. And we got to clean it back off again and reinstitute it. The Constitution, again, being a trust, but it's also the the basis by which our public functionaries are supposed to be operating under. That's not how we're supposed to operate. It's how they're supposed That's to operate. That's right. That's right. And they're not doing it, and we're not holding them accountable for failing to do so. And that's what we have to do is start holding them accountable for failing to do their fiduciary responsibilities to us. Amen. Amen. All right. Mike Bambus, thank you so much, man. Appreciate you coming on. Hang on and I'll say goodbye to you off air. We're going to have Mike back. Maybe we'll talk about some of these other things next week uh, if he can do that with us. Uh, I know we're coming up on holidays, but I, I really believe these things are important because even though I don't have the knowledge or the experience that Mike does in this, I do see the flaws in the system. I see how these things kind of fill those flaws, but we have to be knowledgeable about them. We have to know how they work. We have to get ourselves in order. We got to get our own house in order first. Let's put it that way. And then once we're, we're, once we're ready for battle, I mean, David didn't go out and fight Goliath without tending to some cheap sheep, killing a lion and a bear, right? There was a process. There's, there's, there's a prerequisites for that taking the stand, so to speak, and we need to do the same thing. So I'm happy to have Mike on, and Mike, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Guys, catch Bradley at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, sonsoflibertymedia.com, and then Lord willing, we're going to be back with you in the morning, bright and early, 6 a.m. Talk to you then. See ya.